Talk to ourselves. <laughs> That's staying in. That's staying in. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Twists and Tales. Uh, soft assholes are all around the table today. Woo. Are we soft assholes or are we just assholes? Uh, well, I definitely ain't hard. <laughs> we got a great episode for you today. <laughs> um, we're going to be returning to uh, something we haven't done since episode one. Um, we're going to be doing a scenario episode. Um, but before we get into that, I'm going to ask us, how's, how are we doing? Are y'all doing all right? Fan-fucking-tastic. It's great on this uh, late night evening when we're recording. Mm-hmm. Times two! Mm-hmm. Yeah! <laughs> Just so you guys know, this is the second go-around of this whole spiel. Yay! Yeah, because, you know, doesn't want to keep recording, apparently. Recording issues, but hopefully we got it figured out. Our eyes are probably going to be fixed on our little red record button down in the corner there. Mm-hmm. Let's see how things go. But anything new? Anything you want to touch on? Uh, Embolic is coming up on yeah. February 1st. Yep. I forgot what it was already. <laughs> <laughs> I will look it up while you guys February, talk you. February 1st. It's supposed to be like things of new beginnings. Embolic. Embolic. How close am I? Uh, I remember that being a line in there. Yeah. Marks the beginning of spring and for... Oh, we don't care about that. Oh. Uh, I said for Christians. Blah. It must be a Christian thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, beginning of spring. Uh, it's halfway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. Okay. Nice. Traditions are widely observed through Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man. It is one of four Gaelic seasonal festivals along with Beltane, Lunasta, and Samhain. Well, um, I'm going to make a statement right now. I'm surprised the Island of Man hasn't had a name change yet. <laughs> uh, well. We're canceling your island. <laughs> um, it is uh, originally a pagan festival associated with the goddess Brigid and Christianized into the first day of St. Brigid, who is the Christianization of the goddess. Ugh. Huh. Yeah, I'm not surprised. They take a lot from paganism. It's yeah. much easier if you're going to control a group. Just like take little bits and then remove the rest. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah. Much easier than stoning and flogging. Oh, they do it. They do it anyway, so, you know. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah. Um, well, let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, today, we're going to be discussing... Um, Something that kind you know, in the back of my head kind of creeps me, like, they creep me out. Aliens! Aliens. Aliens. Um, we're going to talk about alien invasions. Different types. I think we all kind of went with a niche of it from pulp culture. Pulp culture? Yep. Pulp? <laughs> pop culture. Uh... It's the second time I'm doing this, and I'm still flubbing it really badly. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to go discover, discuss, discover, discuss different scenarios, talk about what we do, stuff like that, just like we did with that first that first one we talked about the zombie apocalypse. So yeah, to give you the general overview of what we're going with, um, Chris will be handling a near-peer conflict um, from his choice. I'll be going with essentially just being completely stomped over um 
so basically like guerrilla tactics and stuff like that. And Sam will be starting us off with sort of replacement. Yeah, body of. snatchers type of thing. We know we've seen body snatchers in like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, Faculty is another body snatcher movie. Oh, I forgot about that one. Um, that's, that, that movie, I'm sorry to cut you off here, but that movie has one of my favorite um, TV edited lines of all time. Because in the actual movie, there's a scene where they're in the gym and something happens, and the one guy turns and goes, Ah, oh, fuck! But in the TV edited version, he turns and goes, Ah, oh, phooey! <laughs> gotcha. It's uh, hilarious. It's brilliant. But yeah, those are the type we're working with, for my part. We're talking about aliens that essentially come to take over human bodies. They come to take over the human body, whether they think the human body humans aren't taking care of the world right, or they're too violent, or they just want to take over humanity physically. You know, that kind of thing. Which would be in the sense of the faculty, because I just think they wanted, they just wanted the, the planet, right? Well, body snatches, invasion of the body snatches was the same thing, wasn't it? They're just replacing... Yeah, re- humans were far too yeah. violent, and they could do it better. Yeah. And it turns out they kind of could. Yeah. It's a bit of a depressing movie. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going off of the book and movie The Host uh, by Stephanie Mayer. Um, so I have it here, uh, Stephanie Mary describes it as the invasion of the body snatchers if the aliens had won, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, the novel introduces an alien race called Souls who take over Earth and its inhabitants because they believe humans to be too violent. The book describes one soul's predicament with the mind of its host body, refu- when the mind of its host body refuses to cooperate with her takeover. And basically you have... The aliens who take over because humans are too violent, they eradicate the consciousness of the human body they take over. Um, they create they create the world into more like futuristic. You know, they have alien technology they know about. They've taken over about nine planets already, and uh, Earth is just another one. So, damn. Yes. So, do they shape it in sort of like a utopia? Uh, in this Essentially, yeah, because from the depiction from the book and the movie, it's like all shiny and uh, good. They have good health, advanced health care compared to us, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. And the way they invade, before I get into it, the way they invade and take over is they make an incision in the back of a human's head. Um, and uh, the soul alien itself is kind of an amoeba-like mass with tendrils. And they attach it to the bit, the back where your uh, what like, is that? Like the nape? like spi- like spinal cord or whatever. Yeah, where the spinal cord kind of meets the brain. Oh, the brainstem. Yeah, brainstem. And they attach it there, and the tendrils attach to the rest of the brain. So removing it can kill. If you remove it wrong, it can kill a human. Kill the human. It can kill host. the host. Yeah. But in the movie, um, the wanderer, which is uh, one of the souls that has taken over human body that described here where the host body doesn't let them fully take over, um, finds other, uh, basically rebels, the humans, and eventually teaches them how to safely remove a soul from a human body. All right. Yeah. But that's basically it. They actually do take over, but they're still rebels, humans that are still fully conscious in themselves that are trying to figure out how to remove souls from the rest of humanity. So... Yeah. So the fight is on. So uh, the humans that haven't been taken over at this point, like what situation are they kind of left with? 
Uh, like, what would we be walking into? We would be walking into basically trying to avoid the souls, the rest of the souls. Because uh, what essentially happened was the first souls came and invaded the humans. And then they found more, quote unquote, humane ways to put the souls into humans. And now they go around trying to find the rest of the quote unquote hosts to fully, completely take over. Oh, so if you're a human and they catch you, you're immediately taken and your consciousness is replaced by an alien soul. Shit. So it's like alien dog catchers on the Yeah. On the run. Basically. So you're fully on the run, completely. And if you are caught, you will be subject to your consciousness being completely taken over. Hmm. That's fucking bleak. <laughs> yeah. So that's why uh, in this story, um, where the Wanderer goes is the rebels there are um, in like a cave-like area where they have set up medical encampment. They have like a river slash, uh, what, is, what is it, not fountain, uh, waterfall where they bathe and things like that. Yeah. And if they take over completely from a young age, then the consciousness is completely gone. The human consciousness completely gone. Because towards the end, uh, Wander is taken out of the host body, Melanie, but she is replaced into a body that was taken from such a young age that the host's original consciousness is completely gone. So it was an empty shell, essentially. A bit more ethical that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so these alien beings don't have a thing called zoos? <laughs> I don't think they'd want zoos because they want all the bodies for themselves. They have so many alien well, souls that they use the humans for their to ha- to host them. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The only thing I I don't remember for sure is if they have like if they still breed that way. I don't remember how they continued the population. I mean, one would have to assume if they got to keep taking over planets, and it seems like the humans or whatever other alien species they invaded perform the function of vessels or like exoskeletons yeah. almost. So. Well, I say my question was is so if two individuals that are um, uh, taken over, if they have a baby with that. Would they have to reinsert another soul into the baby, or is it already going to have? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, is that? Well, presumably, if they have to go through this whole process, however they reproduce must be separate from how their vessels do. So yeah, I would imagine if they popped out another kid, their vessels, the hosts, that would still be an original human, and would therefore just be like fertile ground for being implanted later. Okay. Presumably. So they'd 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 want to live lives as normal as possible, you know, also create a utopia as they're doing, but also have their host host bodies keep making more humans so they can keep Okay, it's so like car here, factory. I have I have it for you, ready? Okay. Soul reproduction. The souls reproduced by a female splitting into a million children. Since Wanda reacts uh, very strongly to seeing a few dead souls and hates the idea of dead soul children, we must assume that all of these uh, one million survive. But then, one, since these children all survive and a soul cannot survive for long without a host body, there must be a million host bodies available at the time of production. reproduction. The souls 
uh, along to carry a million implantations so or possibly putting into cryo tanks. Um, how, and they say, how is this achieved? And then even if only one out of 10,000 of all these new children are females, the other being sterile workers, this gives about 100 new females. This means that the soul population increases by at least a factor of 100 for each generation. But then it would just take about 30 generations for the souls to outnumber the elementary particles in the known universe. That broke the universe. Mm -hmm. But that definitely explains why they got to keep invading different worlds full of life forms that they can inhabit. Their reproductive rate is just ludicrous. Well, yeah, one million babies to one female soul, that's... Quite and then, a bit, and every million contains another potential hundred, which means you got one million turns in um, can essentially turn into what a, a billion at that point, oh, or ten million. Well, what's a hundred? What's a hundred times a million? Where that'd be the math, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. So that'd be so one, that'd one be, billion. Be one yeah. billion, yeah. Fuck. And then, yeah. so, and then so. The math. Oh, the math. Oh, the math. Especially since there are species that values life so much within their species. Yeah, you just about have to keep taking world after world with that kind of reproductive rate. Yeah, because I think their whole intention is to take over completely, and then they move on to another planet. That's why they've taken over nine planets. Yeah. Because what? That'd only be like two generations for the like population now of the of the planet earth that'd only be like two generations of them being here until the whole planet's completely succumbed completely succumbed. so then yeah. someone wrote i take this opportunity to say something about hybrid children since that thread is closed ian and wanda can't get biological children since they belong to different species but i see no reason that it would not be po- possible for ian and wanda in her host body to have intercourse and for her host to become pregnant if so, she will give birth to a fully human child, yeah, which okay. will remain human unless it is infected by a soul. And okay. this this must be the case since infection by a soul, as far as we know, does not alter the DNA of humans. Okay. Okay, so it just it just messes with the mind and not the body. Yep. Yeah. It completely takes over the mind, but the body is still fully functional as a human. Yeah, we're okay. just we're just a vehicle for them. Yeah. So I damn. Yep. Okay. Um, so, just going off of this, so, taking us, and we're going to be a part of this rogue, uh, rogue camp, we'll say. Should we do it from the rogue camp, or should we start completely from when they first take over? Is there a lot of detail on how that invasion started? Um. Because I'm assuming it'd it'd be hard, because, especially with body snatch and stuff like that, you're not going to know... There Who's is, who? Yeah, there is a, a level of secrecy that has to happen for that to even take off to the way, to the extent that we get in the story. Because see, it just depends. Because like if you, because like in the faculty, which is you know essentially another you know alien body snatch, their um, demeanor changes, like their personality is just different from what you know they were when they were fine. Sometimes it's slight. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes you can be like, uh, coach is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, um, the principal wasn't so slutty. <laughs> you know, I think it was, it was the principal or a teacher. One of them. It seems like it was the principal. I only watched it once and it was years ago. It's one, of them, one of them became 
Well, that's just showing me the difference. Well, it was no, it was a teacher because she was she played like this your typical like librarian. She had the glasses and had the sweater and she was just kind of mousy, but then the, she got taken over and she wore like skin tight pants and a halter top and her glasses were gone and yeah. Hmm. Um, let's see. Claw beasts. Well, there's also beasts. Claw beasts, uh fire tasters, there's yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out I don't advise tasting fire. No, it's just putting bad. just putting it out there, you know. Um, sounds like it could be a bad time. Real bad time. I think I can find an image of the soul itself. But just just putting it. So this is what the soul looks like. So it's basically like, literally like. A ball of light. Billions of tendrils that connect to your neurons. Yeah, it looks like okay. a frayed fiber optic cable. Yeah. All right. Essentially. Like, here she is holding one. It's that tiny, the souls are. Gotcha. But I, I can't find how they first came. I'd have to, I have the book. Is the book over there? Mm-hmm. Or it'd be in the office. Can you go see? Because it'll tell me in the beginning how they overtook. Because I can't find how they took over. Because it sounded like from the synopsis, it, there's a certain degree of surgical work that has to be done. Yeah. At least to take them out. But like to implant, one would think they'd almost have to be able to access like a different they, part of they the body. They go from the back. I remember it from the, very vividly from the book. They cut from the back to insert it down here. Okay. Because that's where they go completely through your whole, all your neurons and stuff. So would they have had to come here wearing one of the other host species in order to cut us open and insert themselves? They might have. I guess it's been so long since I actually read it. Like, it's ridiculous. You got too many books. <laughs> I'm sorry. How big is the book? A thick ass book. Yeah, see, you can see here. They cut right there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was getting that much. I'm just like trying to visualize how they started. Yeah, and I wish I remembered honestly. So they created medicines um, for humans that are clean, heal, seal, no pain, sleep, awake, and peace. Nice. Yeah. I want some of them. Essentially. Um, there is something called a cryo tank, which is supposed to be a container to preserve the sensitive souls. Oh shit! What? Whole other one. God damn it! So, <laughs> still looking through. The, the souls cannot survive long without this in any planet except Origin. Origin is their first planet and only one planet where the souls can live outside of a host for very long. Huh. It's also known as a hibernation tank and is used to carry the souls from one planet to another. The souls came to a planet with spaceships, and they are kept in hibernation mode there. The known souls who are mentioned in the novel specifically to be kept in it wander the seeker sunlight passing through the ice in summer. That's like actual name. Those sunlight are... passing through the ice? Yeah. Huh. That's the name. Yeah. That's a inter- I wonder if it sounds different in their language. Yeah. They I have. It. Okay, that's fine. Healer is a calling or vacation of the soul equivalent to a medical professional. Healers are the souls in charge, charged with performing insertions. They are also capable of medical feats far greater than what medicine on earth can provide. Hmm. And let's see. 
and they have soul medicine, and there's weapon technology, which are the seekers that try to find hosts. Okay. Yeah. When the souls assimilate Earth, they replace the medical system with healers, so oh, they slowly okay. assimilated into it. Gotcha. Okay, so it's they uh, they go after hospitals first. Yeah. So basically, it says um, and healers and comforters in the aero aeronautic system with a system of um, shuttles. So. Well, so. Us in the United States, since we always try to avoid going to the doctor anyway, we'd be the safest. <laughs> <laughs> like the plague, my guy. So yep. already, I'm feeling pretty confident we at least make it to the point where they become publicly known. Yep. The thing is, though, is I wonder if since they're already in the medical field and inserting souls as they're working on humans or whatever, you know, if it'd be such an underlining thing until people start realizing that their lovers or family members or whatever aren't them. Yeah. You know? Because, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but does their, does it elude as their personality changing? Yeah, because... Okay, then it would take no time fucking at all. The only thing I can figure is just by having whoever got uh, recently transplanted... Just gaslight whoever's closest to them, like, ah, oh, no, I'm just all messed up from the surgery, or maybe you should go into the doctor with me, and then on more get assimilated. Hmm. Let's see, because there's some information, culture. Uh... Because yeah, if that's the, if that's the case, if their personality changes even a slight bit, people are gonna notice. Yeah. That's what I mean, just lying about, like, oh, that's the way the painkillers are affecting me or something like that. I mean, yeah, humans are dumb, but we're yeah. not that dumb. I, I don't know. <laughs> we are pretty dumb. Me and uh, Mom were talking about, like, a zombie apocalypse or, like, if a Red Dawn happened or whatever, you know. I asked Mom how, if she thought uh, humans as a species would believe it. I don't think they would. Would, I think they'd see it on TV and think it's some um, publicity stunt or, um, you know what I mean? Yeah, like those clown sightings some years back. Yeah, yep. They were real, but they weren't as creepy as people were making them out to be. Yeah. It was just weirdos standing. Hi. Yeah, just people trying to get a kick. Beep, beep. <laughs> Sorry, that's an it reference. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just like. Like if Dylan showed up showed up to work and was like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, "Jake, something's wrong with Dylan." <laughs> Honestly, with his age, I'd probably just assume he started some new drug or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's young, hmm. and like especially if someone's more withdrawn, I me mean, especially, I tend to just like give him space. So I would definitely not be in the know if a certain other individual we work with went from you know how he is now to hey buddy how's it going i'd freak out <laughs> okay that's fair <laughs> i would freak out <laughs> be like yep done <laughs> okay this motherfucker he's he's got something wrong alien <laughs> demon something <laughs> uh, that'd be another good one to do Demonic possession. Oh, demonic possession. Yeah, that could be fun. 
that was another depiction in Sandman that was so visceral. I'm trying to remember. Um, the church scene where oh, right. she expels the demon out of the... Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> was insane. Uh, oh, yeah. So outside of a human body, a soul is basically helpless and will succumb if not placed in hibernation inside a crowd tank. Essentially. Yeah. Unless on their home planet or whatever. Mm-hmm. When an appropriate soul is found by the seekers, the souls are surgically inserted by their own medical specialist through an incision at the top of the host's spinal column. Yep. But yeah, so... I... I'd like to think we'd catch on, but it, by the time we caught on, it'd be too late. They had the the numeric advantage. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be too late. Like it'd be one of those things where we we'd be seeing like you guys say like you guys said we'd be seeing like newscasts of this woman being like, he just came home and he was different, <laughs> you know, and then we'd be like. He's on drugs or something yeah. like that. Or he's sleeping around or yeah, something, something that we could just shrug off or whatever. And then so um, I have more about reproduction. And then three months later, we're living in a hole. <laughs> Sometimes soul who, souls who are hosted in male and female humans can have a sexual interaction, which in turn can fertilize a human egg, and a soul can be implanted as soon as a baby is born. Whatever human consciousness was there is erased. Infused infants occupied by humans are described by the wanderer as miniature adults. Souls do not age while their host bodies may and can apparently live indefinitely as long as a host or crowd tank is available. Souls have their host bodies eat whatever the body considers as food. The soul itself does not feed but may perhaps gain nutrients from the host body. Jesus. So this is and also, you know, on top of its birth rate being exponential they don't die yeah so they could they could literally break the universe yeah they could essentially produce more humans uh through them just having sex with a male or female or whatever and then um if they die they could just continue making you more humans insert their consciousness back into yeah that's nuts absolutely I mean, granted, if they could start some sort of breeding program with the human house, they could essentially just farm us out for as long as possible and maybe even use us to colonize other, mm-hmm. like, say, have worlds that need to be terraformed mm-hmm. but don't already have sentient life on them. Yeah. So, goddamn. I, I don't see winning this one. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it either. Because you look at it, because like we already discussed, by the time anybody would be aware, I think the number the numbers game would be against us. Like there'd be too many, there'd be too many, um, souls. Souls. <laughs> I thought you heard something. <laughs> too many souls versus uh, humans. It'd, it'd be that point. Yeah. Absolutely, and one would assume that they would try to be as strategic as possible with pl- placing souls in humans. But you said there was a, a matter of compatibility in there. Um, with the, the Seekers having to find it? Or is the Seekers just trying to find general races that are compatible? Uh, I think the Seekers, um, they're just the ones that seek out uninhabited, uninhabited humans. 
Oh. And I'm assuming on the other planets, the Seekers were the same thing on the other planets. They hunted out the other creatures or life forms um, until there was none left. Okay. So that's what they're actively doing. They're actively continually searching for the rest of human life that is not invaded by a host, by a soul. But on the positive note, from a rebel standpoint, they're just human. I mean, so, you know, they die easy enough. It's really dark to say, but... If you're fighting for, you know, actual humanity survival, you're going to put down a soul. There is a physical difference with, um, which I didn't tell you guys this, the eyes shine silver. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, I can find it for you. That's one indication that um, a, a body, a human has been taken, is the eyes shine silver. Like, this is a... Um, She's the character, but her eye, they have that silver nest in their eye. Like they're looking into a ring light? Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. So, I mean, from that standpoint, you know, but also, as we've discussed, they have, we're probably going to have, as rebels, we're going to have, prim- you know, primitive technology, as in probably just guns. Yeah. And explosives and stuff like that, where they're, you know, with their, with their advancing technology, they're probably going to have something better. Like, see here, her eyes... They're more silver. More. Gotcha. Okay. Wise, yeah. Which, it is a very rare for a normal human to just have silver eyes. Very, very, if not as context. But yeah, so in that aspect, you know, good on us, I guess. But still, it's just a numbers game from there. And then, so then it comes down to ammunition. Like, huh? Well, I fired 30 bullets yesterday. That means we only have 160 left. It's going to be one of those things. Yeah. Beyond that, hand-to-hand combat, it's... Once they take power, the question of ever wrestling power back from them just doesn't seem to be in our favor. No, definitely not. Yeah, it looks like that's the, like the, like the only indicator physically that they are taking over is the eyes. So, long story short, I think if a body snatcher event was to happen, oh, humanity's fucked. I think the reason why a body snatcher event would be impossible for humanity to um, avoid or fight back is because it'd be so under the radar for so long. The creeping nature of it. Yeah. I think it would just be, by the time we ever realized, it would be too late. The fourth time that's been reiterated. I know, I'm just going off it. <laughs> you want to fight me? No, I don't want to fight you. But yeah, essentially, I. that's one event I don't think we're winning. And if we are winning, it's not going to be, it's not going to be like we take back over. It's just we annihilate everything. We bring down nuclear hellfire. Yeah, we just, we, we set off something that just devastates the entire planet over us regaining power, you know? Essentially, we just have to survive until we, as humans, die. Essentially. Yeah. There'd be no taking it back. Unless you can slowly capture the humans possessed by souls and slowly remove them kind of thing, but... The numbers, it's just... Yeah. It, yeah. Because, and let's say we do manage to get this, like, in the book, that's like a... 
a one in a trillion chance by the sounds of it because how many other you know nine other worlds mm-hmm. have fallen and this is the first time that uh someone of the host species has made a kind of emotional contact with their species yep. and that it's actually working in our direction it just doesn't seem likely yep i just i it was just a one in a million chance that her host body wasn't completely gone kind of thing yeah so then she started getting all the emotions and stuff from it and then she fell in love with the guy that the, her host was in love with and another man because of human emotions you know and then it just it came to be that she felt bad for the humans compared to the other ones who just are simply wanting to eradicate the violent human being race essentially yeah so would you rather be a would you rather be a host or would you rather be a rebel I don't know. It sounds like the hosts have a pretty dope existence, except <laughs> well, for the see, genocide part. And see, the thing is, is then you ask the question other than you know, the freak accident where you know the the host the host mind isn't completely suppressed. Would I even know? You, uh, from what I understand from the book, you do know. Um, like you feel it's completely taking you over. And that would kind of suck. That would kind yeah. Of suck. And then essentially you're locked away or somehow eradicated and you're gone. So. Oh, well, that's an even more horrifying thought. It's one thing to be eradicated and dead. We all, we all have to look forward to that. But, like, say if you were somehow still conscious but in a sort of mental prison where you're you're aware that you're aware but yep. nothing beyond that. Yep. Ooh. Well, that's oh. what happens with uh, the host, Melanie. Like, in the book, she's, like, she sees through her eyes. She can still feel the emotion. She gets upset that she's falling in love with the man she loves, even though that she, it's not her kind of thing. And then falling in love with somebody else when it's not the one she wants to be with. You know, so she has to deal with all that while watching it happen. So. Ugh. All right, so either kill me or I'm staying human. Yeah. Yeah. One, two. If those are the options, I'll go down fighting. I yeah. Think. I would hate to be be locked in my own mind, watching someone else. It's scary in there for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be evil. Oh, I just had a bad thought. Bad thought. Bad thought. Oh. <laughs> what was what that? if the prison you're trapped in is your Silent Hill? <laughs> oh hell no. Oh! <laughs> no thanks. Oh my god. I for one choose death. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's mine. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you good? I got just like full body like, no. <laughs> Why did I have that thought? Oh, that brings a whole new concept. Oh, yeah, I choose death or staying human. I, no. Oh. So, if you were, <laughs> so if you were caught, would you kill yourself then? I take as many with me as possible and then off myself. I can't remember if the humans that did, if they just healed them and then just used their bodies. Oh, boy. Because I think that's, that was one of the stories. If someone tried to kill themselves, they just... Because they had the technology to heal them. Yeah, but if if I kill myself, my consciousness has left. Did, is it, though? We don't know what actually happens to you. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> if I'm putting a bullet in my brain... Maybe just keep a grenade just for you. <laughs> well, that's the last bullet. <laughs> just eat it. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to stuff this in my shirt. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, yeah, that Silent Hill thing made me, no. 
literally a hell of your choosing. Uh, yeah. And that would be, because you wouldn't be able to, and you're forced, you know, you know, when we talked about the Silent Hill episode, it was kind of like we, you know, it was a, on a level you choose to go to that place because you have, you're after something. In that sense, you're being forced into that position. Mm-hmm. Like, you're being forced in that cage. No. And there's no way out, yeah. as far as you can see. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the fog goes forever. Yep. Mm. Oy vey. Yeah, I think if that happened, I would either rather be taken over and, de- like, deleted, essentially. So what's happening is you're being deleted. Your consciousness being deleted. Or just... Be a rebel and never leave the rebel area. Like, never try to do anything. Just stay where I'm at. Be the chef. Yeah. Chef's not... The chef is not asked to go places. You just gotta make the food. Yep. And keep his handy grenade nearby. Just yep. Yep, yep. All right, so there's mine. We all eventually, essentially said we'd rather die. Yeah. Go down fighting. Yep. But definitely go down. Yep. And a pile of guts and blood everywhere. So that Preferably. they can't put you back together. Yeah, because fuck them. They're not getting mine. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, I'll go. First off, because mine, uh, mine's, I'm focusing uh, kind of uh, off the 2011 movie uh, Battle of Angeles. Do you know, do you have any knowledge of the actual Battle of L.A.? Oh, from like 1940 or 1941? Yeah. 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 Do you know anything about it? I do not. Well, the story, the story is, is, um, something blipped on, uh, radar off the coast of California and there wasn't supposed to be anything there. And also this is kind of, you know, war-ish time. So everybody's like, what the fuck is that? Wait, is this actually real? Is that Japanese? This this actually happened. These are actual events that happened. And so, um, military was brought in, and I could probably look up, there's thousands of rounds were put up into the air. You can see grainy pictures of spotlights. Actually, you can see something, you can't really tell what it is, but spotlights are fixed on something. But thousands of rounds, I'm, I'm talking normal gunfire, anti... AA guns, anti-aircraft. Anti-aircraft rounds put into the air over... It was a part of Los Angeles, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Over this, over L.A., and nothing. No down space, no down craft of any kind. But yeah, thousands of rounds are put up into the air that night. And I think this was at like uh, 1 or 2 in the morning. I think that's one. It sounds like what I remember. Hmm. But yeah, nothing was there at all. Yeah. It was just people panicking. It's like, it's Pearl Harbor all over again! Oh. It's the... Some racial stereotype, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was uh, it was quite it was quite the thing. And you know, how often do you you hear about it? Unless you're kind of into the things we're into and listen to listen to things like that on podcasts or watch shows about it or whatever. But you think about it, and it's just like that's hundreds of military people, <laughs> thousands of rounds fired up into the sky. At, there could have been something there. We don't know, but. For all intents and purposes, there was nothing there. Yeah, it I was. Think, I think there was only like two or three casualties. One was a car accident. Another one was someone that literally had a heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> it was a crazy thing. But that's. Um, this movie takes its name, you know, from Battle Los Angeles, and I'm just gonna read the kind of the movie description of it, and then we're gonna go into the more nitty gritty of, of it. 
For many years, humans have reported various UFO sightings around the world, fueling speculation about the existence of life on other worlds. Uh, mankind learns the truth the hard way when alien invaders attack one by one the world's great cities f- fall, leaving Los Angeles as, as the battleground for humanity's last stand. It's up to Marine Staff Sergeant... Uh, it just says the actor's name, which it really isn't important. Is and it his, Aaron Eckhart? Yeah. Oh, okay, Aaron Eckhart. Two and, face. And his platoon to draw the line in the sand against a powerful enemy unlike previously encountered. So I got a little bit more from the Battle of Los Angeles. When documenting the incident in 1949, the United States 49. Coast Artillery Association identified it, identified a meteorological balloon sent aloft at 1 a.m. as having started all the shooting and concluded that once the firing started, imagination created all kinds of targets in the sky and everyone joined in. In 1983, the U.S. Office of Air Force History attributed the event to a case of war nerves triggered by a lost weather balloon and exasperated, yeah, exasperated by stray flares and shell bursts from adjoining batteries. It says that, um, where was it? The incident occurred less than three months after the U.S. entered World War II in response to the Imperial Japanese Navy's surprise attack on Pearl Harbor and one day after the bombardment of Elwood near Santa Barbara on 23rd of February, initially the target of an aerial barrage was thought to be an attacking force from Japan, but speaking at a press conference shortly after, Secretary of the Navy Frank Knox called the purporting attack a false alarm. Newspapers at the time published a number of reports and speculations of a cover-up to conceal an actual invasion by enemy airplanes. (laughs) So. Oh, and it was five. Three in a car accident, two of heart attacks. Uh. The casualties. From all the explosions and yep, stuff going on? Yeah, from all the explosions From all the, from all the calamity going on. Ugh. But yeah, so essentially what, um, if you if you know the movie, um, these aliens are invading because they want our resources. They want our water, most specifically, because they're like a water-based-ish life form or whatever. Yeah, so an aquatic or something? Yeah, because I know when they dissect them, it's just like, they're, it's just like an exo- it's like an exoskeleton, but underneath the exoskeleton, they're just like ninety nine percent water versus our like what? Are we like ninety percent water or something like that? I think so. Something, something like, like that. that. They're like almost fully water compared to us not being that like that. So they need water to live essentially, and that's what they they've come to our planet to take our water. So we're putting ourselves in the middle of Los Angeles. In this moment. Okay. And, <laughs> and all the other great cities have fallen at this point? That's according to according to this, and I'm assuming what they mean by great cities, I'm assuming like mili- like New York. New York, Chicago, stuff like that. Moscow, Tokyo. Yeah. Okay. Well was... And you can you can choose if you decide to, if you wanted to be if you wanted to be a civilian in this in this scenario or if you want to be a part of his platoon. <laughs> You're talking about the 2011 one, right? Yes. Okay. There was an earlier one, wasn't there? I think this was a remake of a remake. Probably. Uh, I don't know. Well, I guess there was a Spielberg comedy called The Battle of Los Angeles, but that that was specifically about the event that she talked about at the start, the February 1942. 
thing where people fired at a balloon. Yeah, that was hilarious. Thousands upon thousands of rounds. I just... <laughs> Oddly enough, the movie didn't do well. I think it's up, up there with one of the best, biggest flops Spielberg has ever had. Once again, I'm really getting off course. Right. Um, <laughs> fuck. Well, I've never been very much of a military type, so I'm probably going to be a civilian. Yeah, me too. I'll probably be a civilian. I don't like the military. <sighs> Nothing against our military listeners. It's just the way the government handles it cover-ups so it's not so much it's, it's, it's not so much the military but it's people above the military people above the military yes people that abuse the people that are willing to sacrifice yep. so much yes um have you seen the movie uh, i've seen clips so no unfortunately i haven't nope. it is it's uh pretty fast-paced especially as soon as it starts happening it start when it starts going down um f- First off, it's like any you know, like we've talked about before. It's like, oh, you know, it's it's nothing, and then all of a sudden, buildings are being exploded, and people are dying all around you. <laughs> and it's actually shot pretty well. Like, uh, oh yeah, it's a decent movie. Yeah. Um, for I mean, it's an alien movie. I mean, you know, it looks like it. The budget was seventy to seventy-seven million, and the box office made two hundred twelve million. So, I mean, it did... Still turned a profit. Not, yeah. not much of one, but still, it yeah. wasn't a flaw. And I like the actor. Um, they are an actor, I guess. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's great. He's a good actor. Yeah. Um, apparently, it did receive a lot of negative reviews from critics. critics. What movie Fair doesn't enough. anymore? What movie doesn't anymore? Besides The Whale. Yeah, plus it sounds like what a lot of those critics would consider lowbro or whatever. Yeah. But it sounds like it's kind of a rootin' tootin' good time. Yeah. So um, it too much. But yeah, it's... You're pretty much following uh, a, mar- a marine platoon, and that's pretty much the entire movie. You're just you're um, you're uh, they're trying to get certain places, and you're following them for the entire time. So, are they trying to get information or just defend certain key points? Of the as movie? as the movie goes, first off, it starts off they're just trying to um, figure out what's going on and. Um, do whatever is necessary to protect themselves among with anybody they find. And oh, also, cool. you know, and as the movie goes on, they're discovering information and being like, okay, now we know what we have to do. Let's go. Because at one point in time, they're safe. Like, they get to a spot where they're safe, and they're just like, okay, yeah, good time to end the movie. Perfect. Everybody, you know, is living, and all of our people we fall in love with are happy. <laughs> and then they start picking up extra ammo and grenades and stuff and you're just like oh no (laughs) oh no (laughs) which you know i mean he's they're they're marines i mean like that's what they're gonna do so they gear up and go back and they actually they're the spot and they're the, the they're the platoon that finds out how to beat the beat them Essentially. Okay. So they find their their weak point. Yeah. So what ends up being their weakness? So what what spoilers. they find what they there's spoilers ahead. Whatever. What they find out is because there's like things flying around, like things flying around, and you automatic and they're they're sizable, like something could fit in and be flying it. But they come to find out that they're not. They're all drones. Oh, okay. All these things flying around are drones and just taking out everything. Um, but there's this giant, like center thing that's controlling the drones and they find out if they can destroy that 
they have access to destroying all the other ones, which cripples them to just pretty much land-based attacks so they can get... Because the drones were keeping all of their helicopters, jets, and everything out of the sky. Uh, it was their total air support. Yeah, so all their air support was kaput, so all they had was the ground troops and stuff like that. Cripples them down to infantry. Yeah. Which that, is, you know, when you talk about our military, it's pretty crippling. Like, Yeah, since the invention and the utilization of aircraft in warfare, it's pretty much made things like dreadnoughts or big battleships utterly useless as long as you've got air cover because you can kill them with a thousand cuts that way or even drop a decent bomb so yeah i could see taking that away from so they kind of like star wars episode one them a little bit take out the center computer and then you lose your main fighting force but they find out that there's these there's these uh um conduit thingies strewn about all over all over the world because they they play when they invaded they placed these in key points, which I'm assuming these key points are major cities, because they knew um, the military military installations were close by. So then they know that they'd be able to control the drones enough, and so yeah, that's why the cities fell first okay. and quickly. So yeah, I got some information about the titular aliens' uh, physical okay. forms, right? Um, let's see, they're divided into four known warrior castes, and they're most there are more likely more non-combatant casts. Analysis of the warriors' cast biology indicates that they are highly developed, sporting redundant arteries and other blood vessels. Their heads are entirely sensory organs. Their brains are located in a cavity behind their hearts, directly attached to the spine. The aliens have large numbers of spe- stem cells and platelets, enabling them to regener- regenerate whole limbs may- that may be lost in combat. Their hardened exoskeleton allows them to take multiple 5.56 millimeter shots before being too injured to continue fighting, functioning similarly to a Kevlar vest. Instead of a mouth, these creatures possess a sort of bladder which uses vibrations to create sound. All of the warrior cast aliens have substantial amounts of machinery implanted into their bodies, including communication, cooling, and weapon systems. Their perception is also very acute, supplementing their precognitive and retrocognitive abilities. Huh. Yeah. And in the movie, you don't see a whole lot of the actual aliens. You see more, like, drones flying around and stuff like that. I mean, you see a few of the aliens because, you know, there is firefights and stuff like that. But it it is more or less of the drones flying around and just fucking decimating people. Damn. this, This is what the towers look like, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what the towers look like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, that definitely sticks out in the scenery. Yep. There's, uh, I'm going to read just the cast names of these aliens. Uh, Infantry cast, uh, officer cast, operations cast, intelligence cast, and known non-combat cast. So that's a water extractor, a medic. Yeah. Basically, that's it for the cast. But yeah, because I think at the the beginning, because you see like... There's like a news shot, and I think that's one one of the first times you see like a helicopter go down. It's a news 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 helicopter, and it's got a it's like on the ocean front, and you see these giant um, things walking in the water, and it says like the shore has gone back like x and x amount of feet since they noticed these things off the shore. So yeah, they're collectors collecting they're collecting the water Shit. from our ocean. Yeah, huh. Um, so this is like a sergeant bro- uh, broadcast that's from it. Uh, at uh, 0446 Pacific Standard Time, 12 different locations across the globe were breached. 
in what appears to have been an, a coordinated attack by an unknown enemy. All breaches were along the coastline in, in what is a campaign of a rapid dominance. This is a textbook military invasion. There are massive casualties in New York. Offensive lines are being set up in Boston. And at 13.15 Zulu time, we lost communication with San Francisco and San Diego. Their status is unknown, but what we do know is this. We are the last offensive force on the West Coast, so we cannot lose Los Angeles. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Yeah. And I think I think that that right there was a part of the trailer. Oh, like, that, in, that, radio, in radio form, that was part of the trailer, okay. if I'm remembering correctly. It's a good trailer line, honestly. Yeah. But, yeah, as as a civilian in that situation, it... Pretty much link up with the nearest guy with a gun. I guess that that's point. what you'd have to do. Have to do almost uh, hide. Um, it seems like a lot of the stuff is just uh, top level. So I think the lower you go, maybe the safer you'd be. Yeah, maybe even the further inland. By the sounds of it. Yeah, because it sounds like a lot of it was just the shoreline stuff, which makes sense because they want the water. And you know, so Nevada. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we might even be safe right where we're at. Not, a, I mean, we have lakes and stuff, but I don't know if that'd be really worth their time. Yeah, it sounds like they want those oceans. So, Great Lakes <laughs> may be a target spot. The Great Lakes may be a target spot, though. True, but we're still several, several hundred miles from there. So, honestly, if that's the case, then we just hunker down and but wait we're, for it all but like, like I had stated before, we're civi- we're, we're there in Los oh, Angeles. Oh, right. Mm. We are in Los Angeles. Come on, get with it. We're supposed and to put ourselves in L.A. I we're guess. in L.A. I'm going to Nevada. <laughs> and that, get your shit and get as far away as... That's not a bad plan. Yeah, just do my best to evacuate. Yep. It's not a bad plan. Uh, here's another one, because they did it in other countries, too. Another, like, CNN news report or whatever. An unprecedented meteor shower. That's what it started as. They thought there were meteors. Oh, very. Yeah. Has fallen off the coast of Tokyo. The entire city is mesmerized by the amount of meteors falling into the ocean. Our initial assumption was was wrong. An unidentified enemy has reached our coastline in a swift and militaristic attack. Right now, one thing is clear. The world is at war. So. That'd yeah. be a trailer line on it. But. Yep. And so that's, a th- that's one thing that people have have discussed in the past is one way for the entire world to come together as one would be an otherworldly um that external threat an external an uh, an, an otherworldly threat yeah that I, would would i mean it'd still take time for us to be like you know we should you know you got those nukes. We got these nukes. If we could be together, you up. <laughs> uh, I have a list of the cities I did. Um, Los Angeles, Paris, London, Moscow, Hong Kong, New York, Rio de Janeiro, Tokyo, Hamburg, Shanghai, Vancouver, Amman, Jordan, uh, Manila, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, and Singapore. Those are all the cities they invaded. The only one, some of them I recognize, but Moscow... That's fairly inland, isn't that it? That is very inland. Highly populated <laughs> Paris cities. is pretty inland. So, yeah, it must be just to subjugate large populations. It's as they concentrated their attacks on important and highly populated cities. Mm. So. I'm surprised Chicago wasn't on there then. 
Yeah. I'm assuming they wanted to kind of try to spread out across the whole world instead of just focusing on all the big cities in, like, the U.S. Because yeah. there's a lot of big cities in the U.S. Give it that more international type flavor. Yeah, yep. Well, and also, it didn't sound like Australia was hit. They, I imagine they have to be. Maybe, maybe they just didn't think to put them in there because they are surrounded by water. That's well, a... I don't know where Manila is or Jakarta. Manila, I think, is, is Italy, I think. Uh, I'm not uh, sure. Kuala uh, Lumpur. Rio de Janeiro is in uh, South America. And it's, um, it's Brazil, Kuala. right? It's Kuala Lumpur. It's not par, it's poor. Shut up. I'll fight you. But yeah, Rio, that's, that's Brazil. Yeah, Rio's Brazil. I didn't... One didn't sound like Australia, did it? Did I miss... Did I, I thought Sydney was the biggest... Sydney's pretty much the biggest, I yeah. think. Yeah. None of those sound like an Australian city. <laughs> Unless they met um, London, Australia. I don't actually think. Is there a London, Australia? <laughs> Very well could there's, be. There's a London, Texas. Uh, I'm going to look and see. Get away from the fighting then is what we'd, we'd assume if we're a civilian? Yeah. Pretty much just try to keep our heads down and get out of there as quick as we can because we don't exactly have a certain set of skills for this situation. We are not the guy from Taken, no. No. We are not sure. John Wick. Um, Vancouver's Canada, right? Vancouver, yeah. Canada, yeah. I'm just trying to see where these cities are at that I don't know about. Manila's Philippines. Philippines. Uh, okay. Wow, I was way off. Um, I guess that's pretty close. What's Hamburg? Hamburg's Germany, I think. Is it Germany? Yeah. Uh, Jakarta, I don't know that one either. Jakarta, Egypt. Is it? Sounds right. Come on. Indonesia. Dang it. Wow. You were wrong. And then another Only one. Only by I'd... a whole planet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kuala Lumpur. Lumpur. How do you know? I've heard it said before. And it is spelled with a U. <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess the, if it's in the Philippines, it's not. Malaysia. Very... It's not very far away from Australia then, so... No. Otherworldly forces, it wouldn't be much for them to get there. No, especially if they're all over the rest of the world. So we can probably figure Australia got hit. Either that or even the aliens know not to fuck with the wildlife down there. <laughs> I would hope so. Oh, fuck. Now I just see one of those aliens getting the shit rocked out of them by a kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> It's like water. It's like the gun pointed at him. The kangaroo just rears back and goes. <coughs> You're yeah. right. Hamburg is Germany. So, yeah. Well, goddamn. At least this one seems a little more survivable because, especially towards the end, they're like turning back the tide. Yeah, it says that uh, Los Angeles was the first to discover the aliens' weakness and tactics and was able to wipe out a good percentage. So I'm sure they were able to. Reiterate that to other countries. Well, yeah, because it was it was the thing was uh, along with controlling the drones. It was also putting like a like you couldn't get radio like outside outside Los Angeles. Like you can communicate with people in a certain area, but as soon as you hit, you couldn't get out. Like you couldn't radio out because because like they needed to. 
like missile guidance. You know, you could usually do that from like air or whatever. But since this thing was blocking everything, they had to paint a laser on it. And that's why they had to find this thing and they painted it with a laser and the missiles actually hit it. So. Well, so we try to stay where we're at and then they take the we win eventually, so I guess we'd be fine. Yeah. In this instance, yes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Marines. <laughs> they lay their crayons. Hoorah. Have you heard that? I have not. Marines like to eat crayons. It's their favorite food. <laughs> I have not. I have not heard that. Bunch of moist soldiers. <laughs> also, don't call them soldiers. I guess. <laughs> yes, I've made that mistake before, and I've gotten been corrected. Because <laughs> I have. I have. Uh, uh, Tom is in my wedding. He's a marine. Yeah. 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 So uh, is his sister. I should ask him if they like crayons. <laughs> <laughs> He probably likes now, but for a completely different reason, because he's got two kids. That's not, no, you got to ask how the crayons taste. Yeah, just one day bring, like, a platter of crayons to, like... Be like, I heard you were hungry. You from go? your time in, from your time in the Marines. I heard they were an acquired taste. <laughs> Watch a Marine force feed crayons to Chris. He would shove them down your throat. No, his sister would shove them down your throat. I don't know if Tom would, but I know his sister would. She would, yes. She would literally <laughs> pin you a... down and shove them down your throat. I have met her. Damn. Yeah. Nice woman. Nice woman, but... She would tackle him and take each individual crayon, or all of them at once, and shove them down your throat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's awesome. That's what she do to you. She'd shove them down your throat. She would. She would. Would not put it past her. All right, so we all agreed that we would eventually survive because we wouldn't go anywhere near big cities. Got it. Yeah. Okay. We do our. We would do our best. I'm pretty sure we'd be fine. If they eradicate them fast enough, they wouldn't get that far. We're so far away from the big cities in the movie that they take over that I think we'd be okay. Here we'd be fine. Yeah. Here we'd be fine. But if we're in... I'm, I said, we are in Los Angeles. So then we travel our asses to Iowa in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> we're already I, here now. Honestly, the best bet is like with Nevada. Like, get to Nevada. Pretty dry. Yeah. Not much for them to take over. They don't want to mess with Nevada. It's dry. Desert. We go gambling. Maybe if they show up, we'd be like, you want to play slots? (laughs) You're right. You're right, you're right, right. Because then they'd sit there and just be pulling that lever down. They'd wither away eventually because they'd get dehydrated. Dehydrated, yep. Yeah, just keep giving them free drinks. That'll dry them out real fucking quick. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. (laughs) Alcohol is bad. Oh. I just thought about what if they lace their bullets with alcohol, but, uh, or salt. There you go, salt bullets. <sighs> How do you so, defeat the subaquatic creatures? Salt bullets. It's called Sam and Dean. Rock salt. Yeah, rock salt. <laughs> rock salt shotguns. <laughs> rock salt shotguns. Yeah. You got it. Be able to fight this after all. Exactly. It would be fine. Anyways, your turn. All right. Uh, and for the last piece of this endeavor we will be traveling back in time for H.G. Wells' classic The War of the Worlds. So to set the stage we'll be starting up in the year the the actual book got released which would be 1898 I want to say. So we're fully in Victorian England. We will be in England. We're going Victorian okay I gotta <laughs> change it up. Oh. 
So be prepared to wear some very uncomfortable clothes. Oh, yes. In your case, a whole lot of very Love uncomfortable it. clothes. Do I get a top hat? Um, maybe? Or is, it a bold, much, or is it a boulder hat? How much money is in your family? Uh, I just had Germany, so I don't know. So maybe one of those floppy hats, you know, the, the like golfer hat. Dang. But it's made of wool, so it's also uncomfortable. Dang. I was hoping for a top hat. My parents are pretty well off, so I think I'll be all right. Probably fucking married off to some fucking idiot. I was going to say, your your ability to move will actually probably be decreased yeah. if the more money you've got. Great. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so right off the bat, what we have is what mostly looks like a straight invasion, uh, outside of the fact that it was, uh, confused for like a meteorites hitting the ground. Uh, beyond that, what you find in the book a lot is people just failing to accept that the news that they're getting is real. A lot of people believing it's a hoax. Uh, sounds like what would happen in real life now. Pretty much. Yeah. There's, there's quite a bit of. Um, underlying social commentary to the way everyone accepts the news as it starts to spread. I remember very vividly when they read the book on uh, the radio, people thought it was actually happening. I did. Hear That's what I was. Like I was going to comment on that because this was this was uh, somebody read it over over radio and people were just like freaking the fuck out. Yeah, the the Orson Welles um, version of it back in the nineteen, I want to say thirties. Uh, there, there are tales that people freaked out. I think a lot of it's just publicity, but wow. maybe I'm just another person that refuses to believe a threat that's actually there. <laughs> uh, hard to say, but they also, the way they produced that made it seem like actual, uh, news, um, what's the news flashes or whatever coming on oh. acting like, Oh my God, I cannot believe what is happening. Oh. And I, I want to say this was post Hindenburg when this happened. Mm. So and a lot of things, is too, is like when your media is just your family sitting around listening to the radio. I could see people being like, oh, fuck. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you think at the beginning they'd be like, today we're reading World War, World of the Worlds by H.G. Wells from 1898. I you think know? That was, it was kind of the point to get a rise out of people. Yeah, but wouldn't you think they'd do that? Because they told a lot of stories over radio that time. Yeah, and that would that would have generally been the way. Because I, I never got to hear it. So I'm just going off like stuff that I've read, and it sounded like the whole thing Orson and everyone else working on it was going for is this like sense of reality. It's oh, gonna be, okay. It's going to be this new sort of art thing we're doing, and so they kind of forego or didn't go through with that. Oh, H.G. Wells from 1898 mm-hmm. and all that at the start, and they just uh, they produced it as though it was actually happening. Ah. I think there was even like music interludes here and there. To break it up even more, so it was like news flashes. Well, that was part of part on their part. <laughs> no, it turns out there's reasons why <laughs> there's warning labels. Yeah. <laughs> Yeesh. Okay. But so yeah, and so back at this point in Victorian England, we wouldn't have, for the most part, phones or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Messages would have to be relayed by foot or by horse. Uh, no radio, and the best kind of weaponry you'd have available would be the guns on warships and stuff like that ironclads at the time i think because this would have been pre actually switching ships over to like oil furnaces so anyway as the the events start unfolding 
uh, from the narrator's perspective, he's at the site when the Martians start coming up in their tripods and using heat rays. Uh, they're apparently invisible, but they have an immediate effect on the surfaces they use them on. He even says they like melt through lead, um, start people on fire almost instantly, and Oof. start everything ablaze. So that's the major danger of these things. Not only that, but they're very large. So after that, they start making their way to London, and they release a further weapon, which is these rockets that, as they go, they release a black vapor that kills people as well. And so they start using chemical weapons as well as the heat rays on it. And that's that's where we're at. So let's say we're in a, a smaller town, mm -hmm. and we just get the news. What are what are you guys gonna think? Ah, we're well, fucked. First, first, <laughs> uh, first question. First question. Can you ride a horse? Uh, no, no, I cannot. I know you can, and I know I can. So you're fucked. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. <laughs> My ass is hopping on a horse and going. Riding. <laughs> Going. What's hard for me is all I can picture is the 2005 movie. Yeah? With Tom Hanks. Because I love that movie so much. Oh, it's good It was one of my favorites. Because that was Keanu Reeves? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Which one am I thinking of? Uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah. Because uh. <laughs> in that one, I don't remember the vapor part. I remember them vaporizing people from their heat rays or whatever. But I don't remember them releasing the vapor. I remember them basically taking humans, liquefying them, and then spraying their blood everywhere. And it's like growing some weird blood vessel things. That's what I remember from that. Yeah. Ooh. But that was that was the main thing. Yeah, never seen that movie. You, we have it. How have you never seen it? Never seen it. You've never seen it? Nope. It's, it's really good. good. I've watched it multiple times because it's one of my favorites. That and Signs. I like Signs a lot, too. Signs is pretty good. Yeah. Not a big fan of signs either. It's okay. <laughs> well, I think I just like signs a lot because it was one of the movies I watched that was scary when I was younger. So I just like it. Or one of the first scary movies I bought myself or something like that. Yeah, that's one of the only scary movies I could get away with watching when uh, I was a kid. Because it didn't have quote unquote questionable material. Yeah. Scary movie? I would consider that a scary movie. What would you consider it? Sci-fi um, movie. As do a kid, they? It's pretty scary. Uh, I guess I didn't watch it as a kid. Because in the movie, basically the aliens get sick from the common cold. Yeah, they uh, wherever they come from. Well, it's Mars in the original. Uh, has no bacteria, uh -huh. so they've got no way to combat it, and that's oh, what ends up killing. So it does all. happen in the book. Yeah. I'm just trying to make sure it's kind of the same. So a lot of the same points. Okay. Are there? So I sneeze on them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you won't know this right off the bat. Um, and then, like, they even try to use artillery on them, and it's utterly ineffective yep. until there's a scene in the book where they try to, they end up on the shore, and they see this old ironclad that just rams one of them and knocks it down, and that apparently destroys it. And then when the other one tries to turn its heat ray on it, it does end up destroying the ironclad, but the ironclad also takes it out. So okay. they're not completely indestructible from the get-go, but... I mean, especially if you're in England, you're not going to have a gun, even. Yeah. Not that it would do you any good. Mm, thermite? <laughs> uh, not invented yet. <laughs> what year are we in? Uh, 1898. Yeah, 1898. 
Yeah, so basically we have to evade, essentially, in 1898. Evade or hide, which... Hiding also does work at points in the At in points. The in, the, in the movie, it doesn't really work because they have these things that comes in. Since you don't know it, Tom Cruise and his daughter are hiding in this basement with this... What, was there another person there? Yeah, crazy They're, dude. Yep. And this thing comes down and it's essentially got an eye and it's looking in the basement to see if there's people there. And they're like hiding, essentially, right? So they have the ability to try to find people hiding out in houses and stuff. So is this just... This is just purely to eradicate humanity, right? Yeah. It's, it's extermination meets replacement. Yeah. They're trying to remove us so that they can have it. Yeah. Uh, in the end, especially in later years, H.G. Wells said that he was mainly drawing inspiration from Britain's imperial movements down in uh, Tasmania against oh, okay. the Aboriginal people. Yeah. And so it was sort of like a thought exercise of what happens if England has to fall under the foot of someone that is like the English to the Aborigines. Ah. Smart man. (laughs) Smart man. Yeah, that'd be... um, Yeah, because you'd want to survive as long as you can until we find out we can just sneeze on them. Yeah. We'd We'd effectively have to survive as long as we can until they start falling themselves from the common cold or whatever disease they catch themselves so get bows and arrows dip the arrow tips into festering bodies <laughs> shoot away that'll do well they will, i don't know if there'd be many festering bodies because one they completely obliterate you with their lasers right and for two they capture you and liquefy you essentially to fertilize to fertilize <laughs> for their means so there wouldn't really be any decaying bodies because they just pick them up and liquefy you. There are other means of getting dead bodies. What, are you going to kill somebody and get the dead bodies? There are animals. Do they take animals too? It didn't seem like it. I don't remember that at all. I heard there was a couple horses that died in the book. But I, don't... Mm. I don't remember if it was there. Find a deer, find a cow, kill it, let it sit for a few days, let it get it nice and ripe. Would you be able to survive in a few days though? Because... Do the best we can. They, I'm trying here. They literally like <laughs> obliterate within days. I'm trying here. Like I don't remember how much of humanity was actually left after. How tall are these tripods? <laughs> tall, tall, almost tall. as tall like, as like a building. Five, five or six story. Yeah, building. they're huge. So middle of ocean. No, they can walk through it. Like there's an image in the movie where they literally will walk across a deep ass. Uh, or walk over like a river. Yeah, there was one where it like came up out of the river. Yeah, like, it had been walking on the bottom. And it goes and, and, like, and it comes out. The sound goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Up turns the spirit. I'm gonna make you watch it. It's the a really good movie. sound design of that movie. Yes, is what I really love because they make this like. Boom, I'm gonna look up the sound right before, now. Right before it attacks, it's very cool. It's almost like they're signaling to the other uh, pods around too. There is an independent game that's in the making right now where this guy is making a survival game based on the Tom Cruise uh, War of the Worlds. And it actually looks pretty fun where you get to hide and run around like a vacant town as these things are hunting for you. Oh, hex now, man. And they make the sound. It's pretty sweet. Okay, I think I found it. Look, look, okay, so you can see that... It is big. Yeah. 
Yeah. So then, like, they're, like, talking, and then when you hear that, they're, they're, they can, I guess you can hear that pretty far away. Yeah, it can. But, yeah. So you would have some forewarning if they were, like, Like, here, this is the scene where they're on the boat, and it comes out of the water. Oh, it's not going to come out, but, yeah. How far are they out in the water, though? They're uh, crossing. That's a lake, isn't it? It's a, a lake or... A, well, it doesn't move much, so it's got to be a lake. Because they're all on a um, pontoon or, or like a ferry. ferry. They're on a ferry trying to get across to an island or something, thinking they won't cross water. And there's this water coming off of it. Surprise, suckers! Yep. And then it makes a sound. And, <laughs> no thanks. Youf! <laughs> I'm telling you. Unless you can evade for as long as you fucking can, you're kind of fucked. Seems like the timeline is you only have to make it like three or four days before it starts going south. But granted, us starting off, we wouldn't know that at all. Yep. So, I mean, we just have to take on the life of a cockroach and just slip into any crack and crevice we can when they're near. Mm-hmm. It's just that, that chemical weaponry that they used in the book and in the new the new BBC miniseries that came out like last year. I just saw that. I didn't know there was a series. I just saw it on here. I'm like, oh, I know it's a series. It's it's not bad. It's a little slower and drier, but it's pretty good because it, it follows a lot of it faithfully. Plus, it adds sort of like an apocalyptic part that yeah. I don't remember, where the world after it's been changed by the Red Root. It's, hmm. it's pretty cool. Interesting. I don't know if I finished that, though. I think I fell asleep. I was looking something up. Because if that's the case, where those red roots continue like choking out the life of our planet and we got to survive that really makes it difficult because yeah. then you're not just trying to survive that four days you're losing your entire ecosystem like what there's a the curate the curator or whatever he was in the book the the, the priest guy that went nuts mm-hmm. he starts a cult oh and hmm. it, it gets weird i think they even start becoming infertile um um I'm trying here, guys. Deep shoot me down. <laughs> hey, Swap me down. You're trying. I thought it was funny, though, when you were reacting. I'm trying. I'm just imagining the two of you hunkered down with a little fire in someone's bombed out basement. <laughs> it's like, but that's not going to work. <laughs> I'm bloody trying. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find how many days it was exactly. And then you have me in the middle of a field with a bow and arrow. <laughs> Ding! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Comes right off of it. Aim for the laser beam. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting anything about how many days it took until they finally succumbed. Yeah, I'm guessing. The reason I got three or four stuck in my head is because that game I was just talking about, that's the time cycle he's working with, is mm-hmm. that it'll be like three in-game days, and that's all you have to do to finish okay. the survival mode. There's some summary analysis, character, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, it, it really would be. In that sense, it's you just have to survive as long as possible. By any means. It's almost a little more dire just because of how thorough their destruction is in War of the Worlds as opposed to Battle of L.A. Because with that one, I feel a little more optimistic on our chances. Because it's not as crushing and as sweeping it's still like like i was saying that near peer fight where we can still kind of push them back a bit and it's more this sounds like um the war of the worlds 
tripods. They've been doing this for a long time. It's just second nature to them. Their technology is to a point where it's just, it's for one purpose, one purpose only, to eradicate whatever is on that planet. When it comes to the Battle of Los Angeles, it seems like maybe they've done it a time or two. So it's more, it's more militarized, you know, so they're just going, this is just, they're just like, this is just like any other invasion, guys. Mount up, we go, cut them off, whatever. It's a smash and grab with uh, command and control points. Yeah. And then with the War of the, War of the Worlds, War of the Worlds, it's just literal. just, we're here, you guys are dead. So, remember in the movie, I don't know if it's in the book too, but there's a scene where you see a bunch of birds flying, right? Above. Apparently it's the birds that carry the disease that wipe out the aliens. Oh, that makes a lot uh, of more they sense. They also indicate that the shields are down by landing on the tripods. Uh, further, they are carry-on birds attracted by rotting flesh. So okay. they're attracted to the blood they're spewing out. Essentially, yeah. And once the shields are down, the birds are able to land out. That's when they realize that oh shit, we can shoot it down now. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Honestly, because I figured more of them just did what that one did when he entered the house and mm-hmm. was looking around, and that's how they got sick just by accidental contact. Yeah. But the birds kind of make it gives you more of a direct point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still not finding anything on how many days. I feel like I'm trying to think of how many night day night cycles we went through. So you had the first initial landing. Um. And then they go home. I think I think it was two, three days, three three to four max. I think. That's that's kind yeah. of the impression I was left yeah. with. Because then that's when they're getting back to another city, right? And they're with a bunch of people. It's all calm or whatever. And then one pops up out of the rubble, but that's when they say the birds land on it and they realize the shields are down. So that's when the military there start shooting. And then they all start falling, and then, like, the red spores, essentially, that they've created from human blood start withering. Yeah. And they turn, like, a white-gray color. Yeah. Like, dead plant matter kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the same infection would kill the, the plant matter, then, that they've created? Yeah, and this in this story. Um, like I said, that BBC one, it looked like the plant matter lived on, even though the Martians couldn't. Mm. So, I wonder if that has to do with the fact that it's from human blood. Oh, so it would already be used to our biology. Yeah, it would already right? be, like, created from our biology, from our vaccines and stuff. That that would make more sense. Yeah. Like, it's actually of this planet. Yeah. As opposed to the Martians. It's still the... I guess the... It's mixed with the alien blood or whatever, techno, whatever it is, but it's still... It is full at half human, so then the human blood enacted it to be able to resist the diseases of the world, essentially. That would make a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. But in the movie, it does depict it turning gray and withering. Yeah, it's a very Spielberg ending. Yeah. And, like, because everyone lives, even mm-hmm. his boy that's had the bright idea of, yeah, all these guys are going to die, I'm going to go die too. Yeah, but, right. Uh, maybe yep. not the best thing. Yeah. I found that kid kind of insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the movie, it's a girl. Uh, he's got the girl that's with him the whole time. Oh, the son. The, son. the son, yeah. 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 Where he runs to the line of military trucks and the, the aliens are like, coming yeah. Yeah. and he looks like all he does is listen to My Chemical Romance yeah. and Lincoln Park on yeah. his headphones yeah. while yeah. writing yeah. in his diary. When I was a young man. <laughs> um, but there's a, there's, there's a movie I'd like to touch on since, as soon as you said the word Martians. Oh, I think I know where this is going. 
What? Lay it on us. Mars attacks? Ugh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I love how country music is the thing that kills them. I thought it was like opera. Oh, I could have swore it was country music. I, I thought could, she was playing it on her record and it was like op- it was like old opera or something like that. I think in the trailer it was, but in, in the actual movie it was like Hank Williams or something. Which still. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> Jack Nicholson played the president, didn't he? Yeah, he also played the guy that ran the casino. It is a country song. It's a lo- yodeling country singer. Yodeling. Oh, yo, okay, oh, that's wow. where I got kind of the old, okay. High yeah. octave rendition of Indian Love Call. Oh, I hate that. Uh, some things don't hate Causes the head of the alien invading Martians to explode. And there were so many stars in that, too. I guess Jack Black wasn't super huge at the time, but he gets offed on ceremonies. <laughs> yeah, and Jack Black, because then it had Jack Nicholson in it. Uh, Martin Short was a government guy. Yeah. Uh, Ving Rhames, wasn't he the... Oh, God, I'm going to feel bad if I got it wrong, but I, th- I swore he was the big, huge, buff dude that was working at the casino as a bouncer. You might be right. That sounds... Or I might be right, or I might just be white. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's just because you got because I got because you had the the family unit, and you got um, Independence Day vibes from the the, the three kids because you had the because on Independence Day you had the young one, you had the sister, and you had kind of like the guys. We gotta go. <laughs> but yeah, that's funny. That, that wasn't not really particular to our, our episode in general. But it's, he said Martian, and I just my brain went there. Oh, that's perfectly fair. <laughs> I was looking some stuff. They up. were some ugly motherfuckers too. They sure were. Jesus, those massive exposed brains. <laughs> so someone asked, "Why did Ray kill Harlan?" Which is the guy in the basement, the one I talked about, where the thing comes down. Uh, Harlan's machinations came to an end when he and Ray witnesses the aliens harvesting living human specimens to fertilize the red weed. He descends into a manic frenzy of shoveling into a tunnel in an attempt to escape. Unable to reason with him, Ray is forced to kill him to prevent the tripods from discovering them. I'm going to make you watch it now because it's a really good movie. It's pretty good. All right. Not a huge fan of Tom Cruise, but okay. Yeah, he's in some good movies, though. It's a good movie. I liked Mission Impossible's 1 and 2. Well, that's something. <laughs> well, this is a different genre, so we're going to watch it. And what was that other one? Um, uh, Day After... Or hereafter, or something like that, where he kept repeating the same day over and over and over with an alien attack happening. Oh, that one. Oh. That one was a good one because he started off playing like, the, I don't know what's going on! <laughs> to uh, just like being <laughs> total badass. <laughs> this is day 396. <laughs> Fuck, now I'm trying to. Hereafter? I know exactly because I watched it too. I just can't fucking remember the name. To... Now I'll just look up his name. It's not Tomorrow War. That's the one that came out recently. Yeah, no. Tomorrow War, that's the one with uh, Chris Pratt. Yeah. So the tripods are 
uh, reported to be about 100 feet tall. In the film, their height is 150 feet. So, like I said, middle of the ocean. They'll get you. They'll get you. So the horn sound, um, they're coordinating, coordinate their attack with the signals. For instance, a specific horn sound is heard when a tripod discovers a group of humans and other tripods come to assist. So I think what? Is it more than one that pop up in the water scene? Like one I'm pops the, up and it moves the boat and then like another one? I think you might be right and the second one does pop up. Oh, I'm struggling to remember because it's been a while. But I think, I think you might be right. I think it's one on one side, one on the other, and then like one comes up in front. Edge of tomorrow. I think. Or behind. I can't remember. That sounds right. I did like the effect they used for when people got hit by the heat ray. Yeah. Like, inorganic material was left perfectly fine and just floating away. Yeah. And yeah, that was really cool. It's like dust. Like basically cremated human beings. Just, just in the wind. Oh my god. <laughs> did that song play quietly in the background? No. Oh, it's just the comedic version, right? Be cooler if it did. So essentially, uh, if we don't evade, we die. Especially if we're setting it in when the book was made, then we would have to evade completely. Yeah. If we go by well-off family, my my parents are probably well-off, we'd probably get hunkered down somewhere or whatever and then probably end up getting eradicated because they'd find a bunch of people. Essentially. You know? Because they did still do some scouting, so if we made any noise, they would. Uh, they did hop out of their things and walk mm, around. Whoa, so. whoa, whoa. Yep. They were also tripods. Yeah. Not just their ships, the people. The people. Yeah. 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 Baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Yodeling music. Next time, need to keep a need to keep a record player and a yodel a yodeling record. Another thing at is the house is. Sometimes. The tripods were preemptively buried. They were already underground. Yeah, for the, the 2000 or whatever. Yeah, 2005 one, yeah. They got, like, electro-teleported into and, it. Into the tripods, and they come up out of the ground. Terrifying. Yeah. In the uh, in the beginning, they break through uh, the road, the city road, and it comes up. Terrifying. Yeah. And that's why they say it comes out of the water. That's what I just said. Is because they were already buried. So they were probably already buried under the water. Okay. I was honestly just assuming that maybe it was trying to cross that area already. Well, this says... But that, that works, too. Uh, all the tripods are buried deep underground. This one may have been lodged below the lake and was just emerging. Also, a tripod could have been, have walked from somewhere else, then went underwater to explore, and attracted by the fairy's noise and movement surfaced to investigate... It is also conceivable that observing how fairies work, it slipped under underwater from further away and ambushed the boat, or the tripod was simply making a crossing from one shore to the other, traveling underwater if it was deep enough and just happened upon the ferry. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're dead. We're dead. We're dead. <laughs> I tried, guys. I tried. You did your darndest. That's what counts. Uh, I mean, granted, you both left me with your fucking horses when two people can sit on a horse, but, you know, whatever. Hey, we did not say... I'm not salty. Hey, you did not say... (laughs) He said I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I did. He fucking straight up... I didn't say it. ...galloped right on down that goddamn column road. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. it. Horses move faster than one person on them. Sorry, Jake. You can... You... Listen. Okay, listen. You can gallop pretty fucking fast with two people on a horse. Have you seen movies... 
Yeah. Just need a smaller person in front. I also know. Not even any remorse. Either. Yeah, I know, right? I also know. I also know. Would you leave me if I didn't have a horse? No, Whoa, you don't have to ride a horse. Pause. Look at that pause. You don't have to ride a horse. Yeah, well, if I didn't have a horse, and you did. We'd find a horse. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They leave horses alone. Well, I know who I'm going to hang with. I guess. <laughs> we can give you. It's well, and in all honesty, if we are back in that time, chances are you know how to ride a horse. Yeah, more than likely. <laughs> and we're not going to have to worry if it happened like today. We're not going to worry. We have cars. Yeah. We got, like, Honestly, they didn't they. Admit, signal we couldn't drive cars. I'm pretty oh yeah, sure they they, did. they released like an EMP with yeah. the lightning storm. Yeah. So the only reason he was able to get his work in is is because the guy was replacing the something in the electrical system. Yeah. So that it, it didn't fry out. Yeah. With the EMP. So have a car pre. Is it 1995? I think. For what? Uh, the electrical systems have nothing to in older vehicles electrical systems have nothing to do with like starting and running the car oh Not like they do now so the older the car you have you'd all you'd have to really do is either replace the battery or find a way to just um, to be able to start the vehicle and you'd be able to go still okay maybe just keep a battery in storage that might work so if you have an old if you have an older vehicle you have a higher chance of being in an EMP situation you'd have to be able to still drive very nice well, uh, good luck finding one that's old enough around us. Oh, your dad's Mustangs in pieces. Yeah. <laughs> that would be old enough. Oh, it's in pieces. Like, literally, there's just a body right now. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I've moved pieces of that car before. Yeah. Because I had to. For our wedding. Oh. Hmm. So we all agree that we would die unless we could successfully evade. And yeah. we'd have to evade quietly enough. Absolutely, and not get bogged down with people that are gonna get us caught. Yes. What's their detection process? In the book, it seems to be visual uh, with a little bit of auditory detected. Um, in the movies, it's definitely visual with some also auditory. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem like they have scanners or anything I don't think like they, that. I don't, well, the only thing that would be any sort of scanner would be the little thing that comes down to the opens his eyes because I think it's just a flashlight that it beams out maybe yeah it looks uh, like so it. like it can fully look around but that's the only thing it has but then that tells you that if you're in a fucking hole somewhere or a cave they can just look in the cave to see if they can find you so be really good at camouflage yeah because the aliens come down in that basement too the actual aliens come down and they're looking at human objects and stuff and then they get called back by the alien blast horn or whatever, for whatever reason. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger and cover myself in mud. Got it. Uh, I guess. It could work. Um, unless they have some heat detection thing that we don't know about, or not, whatever. Even though Mythbusters disproved that. Did you see that? No, I, I have never really watched Mythbusters. Because um, in the first Predator, the whole thing is that when he covered himself in mud, he became invisible to... Um, his thermal detection. Mythbusters, they covered themselves in mud and stood in front of a thermal camera and yeah, you could Showed still, up you perfectly could still see it. Oh, <laughs> well. Alright. The more you know, that's what counts. Uh, so, essentially, out of the three aspects we have talked about this evening, we're dead in two of them. 
for for sure in one, pretty damn sure in the other. And I mean, yours was the only one I felt like a little optimistic about, honestly. Especially yeah. when you consider the chemical weaponry that the Martians would be using. Yes. Yeah. That's that's fucked up. Yeah. The only way we would survive in the world of the worlds aspect aliens alien takeover is if you could survive until the aliens succumb to human diseases. That's the only way you could survive. Could you survive? I, I don't fucking know. Unless we're in it, I wouldn't know. You'd have to be able to hunker down where they can't get in, like a camouflaged underground bunker or something, where they wouldn't be able to fucking notice. But then, with their fertilization of the land, with the human blood, for whatever reason they're fertilizing it, what does that entail for your crops, if you have crops? Yeah. Like, is it going to invade our entire ecosystem mm-hmm. and make even surviving the Martians worthless? Cause yeah. We can't, uh, we can't survive our ecosystem. Exactly. Collapsing. What if I pee on it? Well, when it happens, we'll find out. Okay. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. That's that's the ticket. Yep. So okay. we wouldn't survive the host because it'd be too late before we noticed. Yeah. Unless we be... just stayed in a cave or fucking something somewhere and never got caught. And then we would survive that because they figured it out for the Battle of Los Angeles. Enough people died, but people, we gave figured out. Yeah. Unless we're one of the people that are a casualty of the war happening in the Battle of Los Angeles. Yeah, they had to shoot that that uh, weather balloon down, you know. Oh yeah. Then <laughs> <laughs> War of the Worlds is just depending on how long you can evade until the aliens succumb. Yeah. Now, how how big of a scale, especially in the 2005 movie, how big a scale was the attack? Global. Was I'm, it global? I'm pretty sure. I just saw the amount of people lost, human casualties, uh, billions deaths, billions of deaths. Okay, Oof. not so, great. A death of one billion. Wow. Oh, so that'd be what at the time one seventh of the world population. One seventh or one sixth? I can't. What, what year was 2005. it? Two thousand five. Two thousand five. Either or. Yeah. I know we just crossed eight million. Yeah. So yeah, not not great odds. No. <laughs> if I was a gambling man, I might put my Especially money. Especially depending on where, like in the two thousand five movie, where the pods come out of the um come out of the land. Yeah. So if you're in an area where the pods come out, then you're fucked. Well, where 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 does that movie take place in? Oh, I don't remember. Was it San Francisco? It seems like there was a bay, but. I don't know if it was on the east or west coast. I mean, they all dress like it's the east coast. The world's. So I'm wondering if we'd be would be safer, like where we are now, like in Midwest, like not by any major cities. If they targeted major cities first, like um, Battle of Los Angeles did, yeah, just to get the bulk of humanity dead first and then scoured from there. Our odds might be better. Um, let's see. Or if they just have, like, a immense force that literally encompassed the entire globe and they just pop up whenever they sense movement above them and just eradicate everything around them. Oh, God, that would suck so much. They use five different locations. California, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, and Virginia is where they recorded. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to find where it was actually at. Ah, Brooklyn, New York is where they were at. Oh, okay. And then um, they end up in New Jersey or Boston because that's where his family's at, his wife's at. Okay. Yeah. So in the movie, that's where they're at. But yeah. 
That's why I'm saying it depends, because there's so many pods in that area. Yeah, just there. A lot. So it makes me wonder, like, across the globe, how many there were across the globe. Yeah. Essentially. Like, what kind of saturation are we looking at? Yeah. And were they focusing on certain areas? But if if we go by the movie and they're pre-buried, do they know where the areas they want to be are at? Yeah. If you look at it from that point, it had to have been potentially thousands of years ago maybe mm-hmm. even so world's a lot different than it was then yeah so it could just be a matter that they've been sprinkled strategically all over the world just so that they could cover so much ground as mm-hmm. opposed to like population density yeah hmm. are you still debating if we're gonna survive no do we ruin your dreams of surviving no <laughs> no i tried i failed it's what happens well what's if, go, since your original standpoint was going from the book in the 1800s, we haven't eradicated all the diseases for us. No, not even close. So oh, well, see, medical... That would, that'd be different, too. Yeah. So medically, we'd lose more people because people would be because to come into injuries, uh, sepsis, that kind of thing, you know, stuff that they don't know about then, you know. You know, doctors washing their hands in the same tub of water, you know. <laughs> yeah. So... We lose even more people then, kind of thing. And we wouldn't have the military technology from like 2005 movie where they're able to juggernaut it or whatever the fuck, you know. Well, it's bleak, folks. Yeah. It's real bleak. Mm-hmm. We're fucked. <sighs> we fucked, man. But We're it, dead! one out of three. Ain't bad. <laughs> yeah, one out of three of how many different types of alien invasions there are. I like the I like the one one seventh better, right? Would that be better odds? One third versus a one out of seven. Yeah. Um, yeah, for, one for, out of seven is technically better. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. I, just, I, just, I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, we're dead. Yep. Two, two, two of the three, we're, we're dead. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't. For years, Samantha, chances, we'd give up more or less we'd be dead. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I think we try to survive as much as possible and try to, like, run away as much as possible, but... At what point would we be, essentially, become the host? You know, we could become a host while it's while they're invading, essentially. Yeah. Without even realizing it, you yeah. know. We could have been completely unaware we were ever under attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, until it comes to the point where we know for a fact there's aliens, would we survive that that long as we're normal humans until we're able to actually be rebels? Mm-hmm. You know. Well, that that's where it goes back to the joke I made earlier that's actually way too true, is that we just don't go to the doctors. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that ups our chances in this particular situation, and only in this particular yeah. situation. Well, I think that was a good one. Mm-hmm. We covered some bases. <coughs> you good? Uh. Don't breathe it in. Swallow. <laughs> Wrong tube. <laughs> Don't you do this swallow it. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'll give you something to swallow. Oh. 
my fist. <laughs> so I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I, I love my wife. Do you? Yes, I do. Mm, love you too. Anyway, I think that wraps it up for today, guys. Um, Facebook, we have a group, uh, group Facebook there. Um, follow us on anything you listen to podcasts on. Uh, the listens, reviews, and stuff like that really help us out tremendously. Um, uh, listener support, we have that set up. Not obligated. It's just there. Yep. Gets us better equipment. So sound quality is better for you guys. You know. Yeah. Less doggy across the floors. <laughs> Less of us banging on the table. Yep. Um, but from all of us here at Twists and Tales, bye! bye. bye.